Thanks for joining us for today's message. Here at Temple Baptist, we're a church on a mission, connecting people to Jesus and to one another. So I invite you to turn to Exodus chapter 20 in the scripture. And here in Exodus 20, uh, God is giving 10 commandments to Israel and they're about to enter a promised land. He's saying, here's how you live. You're going to be a nation different from anybody else. And here in the land, I want you to follow these 10 basic rules about how to live. And here they are. Exodus 20 says, remember in verse eight to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. That includes you, your sons, daughters, male, female servants, your livestock, foreigners living among you. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens, the earth, and the sea, and everything in it. But on the seventh day, he rested. That's why the Lord blessed the seventh day and set it apart as holy. And here God says in those 10 commandments, he says, I want you just to take a day off. Every seventh day, just take the day off. It's a day set apart for God. It's holy. I don't want you or anybody else to do work. Everything else should be done and prepared, but you take it off. Now, what's interesting to me about this commandment is how easy it is to break and how easy it is that we encourage others to break it. And we give ourselves lots of space to break this particular command. We would never say, you know, like, oh, yeah, go ahead and lie or go ahead and steal. But we would say, yeah, if you need to work, you have to. If you need to kind of not take a break, don't do that. Just keep working. And it's so interesting that we would never think uh, of breaking any of these other commands, but this one, oh, that's okay, which is probably why, if you notice, there's more ink given to this command than any of the others. Some of the commands are basically about two words, don't steal, don't lie. This command, God gives a lot around it. And I think one of the reasons he does that is because we, in particular, in in life, we, we argue against it. We're like, I can't do that. I can't live that way. God says, just take a day, put away your phone. And we're like, I can't imagine doing that. Don't get out your work. Don't work 24 hours. Don't play catch up. Just rest and set the day apart for me. And the problem with the Sabbath is not the mechanics of it. When we look at the Sabbath, we don't say, well, I don't quite understand. What did Jesus say? Or what did God mean? Or how do we do that? We get the mechanics of the Sabbath. Don't work. This don't work. Now, sometimes what we do is we just say, okay, I'm not going to do my regular work, which gets harder in our culture. When we work 24 seven, you've got computers, you can take your work home, uh, <coughs> excuse me, phones, everything. We, we work all the time. We, Jesus says, or God says, don't work. And so sometimes what we do is that, okay, I'm not going to do my regular work, but on the Sabbath, I'm going to play catch up. I'm going to get everything else done. And I'm going to, all the things that I didn't get done because I was working, you know, 12 hours a day, I'm, I'm going to catch them up on this weekend and on the Sabbath, and I'm going to play catch up. I'm going to get the groceries, get the lawn uh, mowed, do the outside work, whatever it is that needs to be done. But I don't think that's what the Sabbath was meant to be. Imagine if we ramped it up a little bit and that the Sabbath wasn't just a day to catch up, but it was really a day to rest and refresh ourselves, (coughs) excuse me, and renew ourselves in what we're doing. And this is what Israel would do. They would prepare for the Sabbath. I mean, this is what was incredible. They would spend their time not catching up from their work, but they would prepare for the Sabbath. Imagine 
how you would live differently if you knew, okay, tomorrow or today, I'm going to have a day, I'm going to get ready for it so I can really maximize it. Now, sometimes what we do is we just, you know, kind of just get everything ready. But imagine if we ramped that up a little bit more. And on the Sabbath, we did things that really renewed us and rejuvenated us. There's a very fascinating uh, verse about the Sabbath a little bit later on at the end of Exodus, Exodus chapter 31, verse 17. And uh, it's talking about the Sabbath, how the Sabbath is really a sign. It's a picture uh, to the other people, nations that Israel trusts God. And it says this in verse 17, it will be a sign between me and the Israelites forget forever. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth. And on the seventh day, he rested and he was refreshed. God rested and he was refreshed. And of course, it sounds kind of crazy. God never sleeps. He never tires. What does it mean that he rested and he stopped? He didn't do anything. And it says not only did he rest, did he cease labor, but it says that he was refreshed. What's it mean? How does God get refreshed? The Hebrew word there for refresh literally means take a break. It means catch your breath. It can also mean to delight in. And this, of course, is what God did during uh, the Sabbath. He, he delighted in the previous days of creation, but he found something to renew, to delight himself in and to enjoy the fruit of his labors and enjoy what he's done. And I think some of the time our anxiety and frustration is life. So we never get to enjoy anything that we do. We're always on to the next thing, always got so much to do. And here, God, he was refreshed. What were fresh? you. What are those things that you say, well, I don't have time to do that. I don't have time to enjoy it. These things I know they give me life and they bring me kind of refreshment, but I don't have time to do that. And, And here God says, take a day and do that. Maybe it's a bit of reading. Maybe it's a, a little bit of gardening. Maybe gardening's not work, but it's refreshing. Maybe it's taking a walk in nature. That's really how you connect with God. Maybe it's just hanging out with some people. It's an opportunity to be refreshed. And out of that refreshing, then we live. Out of that day of refreshing, we have something to be able to continue to give and to do. And imagine if you didn't get to a day of rest where you just kind of collapse because you said, I'm exhausted and you're no good. But that out of a day of refreshment, that you were able to live and work healthily and productively. And I think this is the rhythm that we see in Scripture. And it's fascinating to me. God does creation six days. On the sixth day, it's the pinnacle of creation. It's human beings. God creates us. And God creates Adam, placed him in the Garden of Eden. And, and what does God say to him for the next day? He says, rest. God creates Adam, tells him he's going to look after the garden. But what does he do? Take a day off. You take a day off, Adam, and then out of that seventh day, that day of rest, then you work and then you live your life and and then you are productive. And I often think here God creates Adam and the first thing Adam learns is really how to rest. And of course, when does the Sabbath start? The Sabbath always started at the end of the day, the end um 
the day in the next is, is really the, the time frame of a day. So God creates Adam on the sixth day and the beginning that night at sundown, it becomes the Sabbath and Adam learns to rest. And I think this is the rhythm that we should have of learning what it is to rest. And Eugene Peterson's writes this about, about our rest and our sleep even every day. He says, when I quit my day's work, nothing essential stops right? Because God's always working. I prepare for sleep, not with a feeling of exhausted frustration because there's so much yet to be undone and unfinished, but with expectancy. The day is about to begin. God's Genesis words are about to be spoken again during the hours of my sleep. How he will prepare to use my obedient servants in speech when morning breaks. I go to sleep to get out of the way for a while and I get into the rhythm of salvation. And I love that. (laughs) Eugene Peter says, I go to sleep to get out of God's way. Right, so that he can work, he can be preparing, he can get everything done, that I can, out of my rest and refreshment, live and serve and love him. And there's this rhythm that we are rested and refreshed, rejuvenated, so that we can live our life and so that we can work and work well. And so God here gives us the Sabbath. And what is the benefit of it? I think it does a number of things. First of all, the Sabbath, it changes our priorities and we live differently because without the Sabbath, if we're working five, six, seven days a week, if we're just going uh, crazy uh, hours and schedule, why do we do that? Because we think everything's up to us. We think that we're in charge, that I have to do everything, that I've got to work and work and work to be able to get it done done, the Sabbath says, wait a minute, I have to learn to trust God. I have to learn to stop and rest and be quiet and let God work and that everything that is essential that needs to be done, I know that God is going to be doing that and working that. And the problem when we don't entertain the Sabbath or we just give a nod to the Sabbath is that we want to maintain control and take charge in our life. But the Sabbath says, hey, God's in charge. He's the one that gives us rest. And the fascinating fact of the Ten Commandments is that in Exodus 20, God gives them to Moses. Moses writes them down. In the book of Deuteronomy, they're repeated again, just before Israel enters into the promised land. Now, 40 years later, uh, the Ten Commandments are repeated. And this time, they're almost identical, except this one on the Sabbath. And we don't have time to look at it, but you can check it out in Deuteronomy. Instead of telling Israel to honor the Sabbath because God rested on the seventh day, it says, honor the Sabbath because God rescued you from the Egyptians during the parting of the Red Sea. God rescued you. God delivered you. And in the Exodus account, it says, honor the Sabbath because God rested. In the Deuteronomy account, it says, honor the Sabbath because God is your rescuer. And I think this is so important. This is a priority. Are we in charge or is God in charge? One of the challenges without the Sabbath is that we think we got to do everything. We got to fix every problem and we got to do it. The Sabbath gives us an opportunity to trust and rest in God and to say, okay, God, there's some things I can't do, some things I can't fix, and you have to do it. And I want to enter into that rest. And the writer of Hebrews 
writes something similar. He says in Hebrews chapter four, verse nine, he says, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their work, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so no one will perish by following the example of disobedience. There is a Sabbath rest. Jesus came, he came ultimately on the cross to give us an eternal rest. And he says, I want you to enter into that experience that, enjoy that rest. And I think one of the challenges we have in the Christian life is that we think the Christian life is do, 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 do. I got to do more, do more, do more. And of course, of course, there are things God wants us to do. Of course, there are things he's called us to accomplish. He's given us gifts and talents and abilities, but spiritual maturity is not doing more and trying harder and getting more done. Spiritual maturity is understanding how to rest in God and how to trust Jesus and how to lay it down for him. And spiritual maturity is saying, I'm not in control. I've got a new priority. God is in control. Secondly, because of the Sabbath, we live refreshed lives. We live a life that's very differently. We live physically refreshed. There's something powerful about resting. And, you know, we live in a culture where the stress levels are high and um, there's just challenges in life where, where health issues abound. And one of the reasons is we don't know how to rest. We're not taking care of our bodies. And, uh, you, you know, we uh, live in a world that focuses on nutrition and focuses on exercise, but we never talk about rest. And we never talk about the importance of that and what that's needed physically for us and what happens to us when we don't rest and why our bodies break down. Secondly, we live refreshed spiritually. It gives us a chance to really focus on who God is. And I don't know about you, but sometimes if I'm not honoring the Sabbath, if I'm living in a crazy busy time, that often what happens, my problems get really big and God seems pretty small. And that all of a sudden I feel overwhelmed by the bigness of my issues and problems and challenges and wonder, how can God do that? There's something about the Sabbath and honoring it and making it holy and focusing on God and setting that day apart. This is, wait a minute, I've got a big God. I've got a, a God who delivers. I've got a God who creates. I got a God who creates things out of nothing. I got a God who's making a way. I got a God who, even when I'm sleeping, he's doing the most essential things. And there's something about a day of rest that rejuvenates us. And I tell people, I think it's very true in my life, and I'm sure it's true in your life, that when we are not physically refreshed, when we are tired, when we're not physically well, it impacts us spiritually. And there's a connection between our physical well-being and our spiritual well-being. There's, we live out of emotional refreshment. And I don't know about you, but I know I need a break. I know that I'm working too hard when I get really chippy with people and I can feel myself lose patience with people. And I just can't deal with some of the same issues I used to be able to. The filters seem to be gone. And there's something about physical fatigue that affects our relationships with others. And there's something powerful that happens when we can emotionally rejuvenate ourselves. And this is something powerful about the Sabbath. 
Sabbath. And, you know, something that's interesting in, in the Israelites' history, most of the time they probably only ate maybe two meals a day. Maybe like some cultures, almost just even one meal a day. But often on the Sabbath, we see in Scripture that they would eat at least three times a day. This was a meal they enjoyed. They gathered together with rich community and food, and there was something delightful about it that gave them enjoyment and nourishment and an emotionally filled their tank, that they were something with the people who are around. And, and that's the other thing about the Sabbath, that when we live with the Sabbath, we live with a new value on people. And I think when we don't honor the Sabbath, that our values become about work and stuff and things and money and getting things done. The Sabbath reminds us the importance of people and the people in our lives who need to be there. And one of the things that you see there in Exodus, it says that no one is to do any work, not a person, not hired, not slave, not foreigner, no one. Everyone is to rest. What does that mean? Families get time together. Like communities have time together. That there was something powerful about the Sabbath that was very communal. And I think we've lost a lot of that in our culture. I think so many times we're so busy and we rest because we work so hard. We don't want people around. I don't need people. I, I just need to rest. I just got to hibernate. And I think we miss out on the value of people and relationships. And this is why, friends, I think just even honoring the Sabbath, I know that online is important. And obviously we're doing things uh, virtually. And for some people, it may not feel safe to come back yet, but there's something about a day, about relationships. There's something about everyone together in relationship, laughing, looking at God, enjoying, worshiping, powerful together. We are missing something in our culture without that worship. And then what the Sabbath does is one of the things about the Sabbath is it's one of the things that tells people about our faith tells people about our faith and what we get to invite people to. And we see this uh, again at the end of Exodus 31, 13, say to the Israelites, you must observe my Sabbath. This will be a sign between me and you for the generations to come that you may know that I'm the Lord who made you holy. It's a sign. There's something powerful about the Sabbath is that it lets people know you trust God. You see, how do people know our faith? Our faith has to be tangible in some ways. It has to be demonstrable in, in some ways. And one of the things is that we trust God with our time, unlike other people. We live radically differently. We don't have to work seven days a week. We don't have to play catch up. We don't have to be exhausted all the time. We trust God. I can trust God. Just like we trust God uh, by giving him 10th of our income, we trust that he'll work at the other 90%. We give God one day of the week and we trust that he's going to work in the other days and that we live right out of rest. We live out of that refreshment. And that's what we invite people into. And I think sometimes people go, oh, why would I want to become a Christian. It's just work and busy and you're doing all these other things instead of saying, we're inviting you into a Sabbath rest, into a rest with Jesus, that Jesus is making a difference in our life. We trust him with one day a week and watch what he does and how he makes uh, manifest other things in those six days a week. And we invite people in. And I think one of the things in our culture, as our, our culture gets more crazy and busy and stressed, is that we offer a life of peace and rest. And we say, you don't rest because you've just work so hard. 
we get to live well because we've rested in Jesus, which of course begs the question, why don't we do that? Why don't we take a day off more? I mean, if if your boss came and said, take a day off, you're probably not going to argue with them. You know, if the school said, hey, take a day off, you're not going to argue. No one argues. Why do we do that with God? For several reasons. One is that we don't want to lose control. And to trust God with the Sabbath means we're not in charge. It means that we've got to trust God with a day of our week. We've got to trust God with our time. And isn't it interesting? We'll trust Jesus for our eternal life. We'll trust him for our eternal destiny, but we don't want to trust him with our money and our time. And what does God say? Because you've trusted me because of what I've done, you can trust that if you rest, if you give me that day, if you make that whole, if you look at me, if you slow down enough, watch, you'll catch up with Jesus and you won't be any further behind. Trust me. Seth, reason that we struggle with it is because it's risky. I think sometimes it's really risky to honor the Sabbath and, and live that. We see in Exodus 34, 21, God talks about the Sabbath again. He says, six days shall you labor, but on the seventh day you shall rest. Even during the plowing season and harvest season, you must rest. Now, that's an agrarian culture. They lived off the land, plowing and harvesting season. I mean, they were so important. And here, what does God say? He says, rest. All the other peoples, they're not resting. All the other people, they're working hard to try to get stuff in. And I remember growing up on a farm, this is how my dad operated. We never worked on a Sunday. We never did anything extra than what we had to do if it was going to be raining. And sometimes people would be out in the fields on Sunday because rain was coming. And my dad was, nope, we're trusting God. And God always honored and God always worked uh, through his life. And it's, it's risky. And I know you may say, but I don't know. I can't get it done. I can't get my studying done for school. I can't get all this done. It's a trust issue. You trust God with that one day and watch what he does with the rest. And then it's really vulnerable. It's vulnerable. Because what do we say in our society when people ask, how are you doing? We always say, oh, I'm busy. It's crazy busy. I'm, I'm swamped. I'm stressed. I'm doing this. No one ever says, what? oh, I'm refreshed and rested. And remember, this is God. God doesn't ask us to do anything he didn't do, that he worked hard. He's God. He had a universe to control, and yet he rested, and he invites us into that rest. So I just hope you see the Sabbath just a little bit differently. I hope that you understand that Jesus invites you, that he died on the cross. He rose again to be the Sabbath rest. He rose to give us peace so that we don't have to struggle with life and salvation. We don't have to live as if we're in control. He's in control. And my prayer is that you would slow down, learn the rhythm, take a day off a week so that you can keep caught up with Jesus. Thanks for listening, and consider joining us live on Sundays at 9.15 and 11 a.m. For our address, directions, and any other information, find us online at templebaptist.com.